Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Welcome to the Runners World podcast with me, Rick Pearson. And me, Ben Hobson. Today we're asking, are super shoes ruining running? Oh, it's a, it's a, it's a huge one, Rick. <laughs> it's one of our roundtable discussions, Ben. It's just like question time, but a bit more sporty. <laughs> <laughs> but we've got, um, we've got Kieran Alga, um, tech guru, Kieran Alga. I've got to say tech guru before your name. And we've also got uh, author and radio presenter Vassal Alexander to help us discuss this topic. So welcome to the podcast, guys. Thanks for coming on. Before we get into it, then, what, what's, what's new with you, Kieran? What have you been up to? I'm I'm training for something huge. I'm this year I've taken on a big long run. I'm from July and August I'm gonna go and try and run the Danube from sea to source. Oh, wow. So approximately seventeen hundred miles in maybe sixty two days. I've been thinking about it for wow. a while and this year post pandemic I've decided actually there's never gonna be a perfect time, so let's give it a crack. That's huge. That is. That's huge. So that's keeping me busy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, Vassos, what about you? When Kieran said, I'm going to do something huge, I was expecting him to say, oh, I'm going to do that, you know, the, the South Downs Way yeah, 100. Yeah, yeah. Or, maybe even, <laughs> or maybe even the South Downs Way 50. Yeah. But, or, perhaps, you know, perhaps a sort of Lakeland something <laughs> or other. Yeah. And then it comes out with the whole Danube, thousands of miles. Yeah, well, well done, Kieran. I'm looking forward to, um, well, I'm looking forward to, in sort of in, in order of appearance, um, we're going to try and break a, a silly world record at the um, at the London Landmarks Half Marathon on April the 3rd. I will be running as a London landmark, as the Shard. Aero, an aero landmark for sure. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then looking a little bit further ahead, we're really excited. Are you coming, Rick, to Run Fest Run? I'm keen. It, 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 I was, it actually comes very soon to, um, I think it's about a week after my second child is due to be born. So it's a tricky one to... <laughs> to negotiate but but theoretically <laughs> yes <laughs> um well we'd be delighted to have you so run fest run has sort of got a new home this year and uh, those who came last year will be thrilled to know there are fewer hills uh, and it's very beautiful and it's all you know all the fun of the fair as you know uh, and it's in uh, late may 20th to the 22nd of may at englefield house near reading um and you know as you know people can come people can run people can walk people can party or do a combination of all three stuff uh, all three things it's uh it's all brilliant it's i'm so excited running and music you know what's not to like 
or running a massive river. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've I've been to Run Fest Run, so I'll, at the end of this year I'll be able to compare them both. But yeah, it's it's a it was a fantastic. That's nice, and I think brilliant. I took my uh, four year old then and had some of my first runs with him at Run Fest Run a couple of years back, and it was magic. So yeah, could recommend it. Oh, that's there good. Okay. Well, let's get into the topic of super shoes. So just like a little bit of context for anyone who's sort of been hiding under a rock for the last three years and doesn't know what super shoes are. But essentially, we're looking at shoes that got carbon fiber plates inside. They've been shown to improve running economy by, I think, between 2 to 4% in, in elites and amateurs. And obviously, they've led to the destroying of lots of records, including uh, Elliot Kipchoge's historic sub-2 hour marathon um but are they a good thing but let's let's go back to the start when you first heard about these super shoes let's start with you kieran when you first heard about them what did you think were you like were you skeptical about it were you excited what was your impression i mean i I come from kind of a tech kind of background i always use sort of quite a lot of tech in my running i'm obviously testing a lot of tech and i was really excited when these kind of very early sort of prototypes came out of the first sort of four percent shoes couldn't really wait to get out and see what they did as a as an average runner you know whether you could get that extra boost i think what's happened subsequently with you know records falling in the, the controversy over whether or not they're giving people an unfair advantage i think has maybe sort of skewed that a little bit opened up a wider debate but absolutely i'm i'm firmly in the camp of if you can give me something that's going to help me enjoy my running or run better then i you know i'm all i'm all for testing it out for sure what about you vatos well i am a complete hypocrite um because because um i mean i'm largely anti it because i don't want i think one of the one of the quotes was from admittedly a brooks i think sponsored athlete uh des linden who won boston marathon a few years ago um she said it's becoming an arms race when it should be a foot race and i love that it sort of sums it up i just yeah i love running for the purity of running Mm. and yeah. When it just, you know, when it becomes, well, this can this can shave this much off my time and this can do this much and this can do this much. Then I just slightly and I know what this sound, I know I sound a little bit, you know, romantic. Yeah, maybe <laughs> romantic, romantic if you're being generous. Um, I just sort of sullies the whole thing for me. It was the, the, the glory of, you know, it doesn't matter how expensive your bike is or how, you know, or how. Um, slip streamed your helmet is it's you know which which does matter in cycling obviously it has to whereas in running it just never did it was just a pair of shorts a pair of shoes and off you go and now it seems to be you know a pair of shoes but what pair of shoes and what about Strava and if it doesn't if it's not on Strava it didn't happen um and I just it, it slightly upsets me Having said that, the week after, um, the, the week after Kipchoge, um, and and then and then the next um, and then the next day, Bridget Koskai broke Paula Radcliffe's mm. world record, seventeen-year-old world record in, in in Chicago. The following week was the Amsterdam Marathon, and I was going for a PB. And what did I do in the expo? <laughs> I bought the last pair of those ludicrous pink shoes, hoping that it would give me because you know four percent of two fifty-nine is something like two fifty-one or two fifty, and I thought. I'm never, I am never a 250 <laughs> runner. I mean, I'm 259 on a very good day and only once. Um, but then I thought they could, you know, so having having said all of that, I still bought a pair. This is the, the real struggle with it is that the the impact in the professional field and, and with the records falling and obviously then the you see runners competing outside of their contractual sponsors because they you know they're they're losing out on race positions simply on the fact that they haven't got a sponsor that makes the right shoes so has the material progression just been part and part of russell of, of running or is this is this 
this switch this this that's been turned on with carbon shoes is that sort of changing professional running for the bat you know for the better or for the worse i mean i i kind of see it as a new it's kind of a new era for sure but i think the idea that there's been kind of an equitable sort of playing level playing field in kind of elite level sort of running i think it's not necessarily true if you look at all of the background support that some of the top elites will have in terms of the the physiology testing, the you know their resources for training technology and training uh, resources through brands or whatever. They've I think there are certain people who already have a big edge. Um, the the shoes obviously add maybe another layer, but it's I don't, I'm not sure it's quite true to say that everybody comes to it on that start line having having started from a level playing field. I think that's also true when you sort of go back to you know individual runs. If you think about some of the other technological advances that have that have come along in the way that have helped us be better runners and hit those sort of two fifty nines. I mean, I think back to when my dad used to run, and he drive go out and drive the car and measure out six miles or whatever, and then have to do try and do that loop. Or you'd sort of be guessing, you know, without your GPS and without some of these other technologies that have come on, without a chest strap, you know, a lot of us would have been. I think found it much harder to hit the kind of performances and the training that we would have done now. And I, I kind of see the shoes as potentially a kind of continuation of, of that. We're getting edges from a lot of different places. And the other thing I think to say is, you know, for, for the purity that sort of Vassal's talks about, I'm kind of on that side as well. I think it's, you know, when I go and run the Danube, I, I won't be wearing a pair of super shoes to help me along. I'm going to try and cut it back to basics, but you can also get some of those 4% margins in other places that people don't necessarily go to and they're free you know if you get if you improve your sleep that's worth 10 percent for some people in terms of a performance improvement if you dial in your nutrition your hydration all of those things and actually you know, the basic one which is just getting consistency in training getting yourself to the start line in the right place can outdo but we i mean how many of us just go oh i haven't quite managed all of that so i'm going to get yeah. those shoes yeah. <laughs> well yeah what, what do you think vassals do you think it's in the professional world of running it's a is a good or a bad thing I, I mean, I sort of feel like we we were chugging along quite nicely, and and then this happened, and you know this debate wouldn't have happened if you know the shoes hadn't come along. No one was saying, oh, you know, um, GPS is an unfair advantage, or or heart rate monitors are an unfair advantage, or you know, before um, um, before um, Emil Zatopek, there was no interval training. You know, no one was saying that that was. Although the the sort of British elite at the time did find it rather disdainful to train, but no one was saying, you know, oh, you know, running's lost its soul then. But I sort of, you know, you're asking the question: Has running lost its soul? And I, I sort of feel like this is a step too far. Do you remember swimming a few years ago with Ian Thorpe? So this would have been the early noughties, early to mid noughties, I guess. Um, they found that wetsuit which had basically it sort of grabbed the water and threw it backwards for you um and and the, you know to their credit the the swimming governing body said do you know what no all of those world records that were set in those wet wetsuits we have to say no because that it, that is just a marked advantage yes the swimmers all had you know that it, it was it was just wasn't it wasn't a lane playing a level playing field to what had gone before so you know Bridget Koskai's world record i mean she shattered paula's world record but is that a better run you know um was it 2019 chicago was that a better run than 2003 london i would i would i would i think you would struggle to find a running expert who would say that that was a better run that without the shoes bridget Koskai would have gone as quick as paula had gone i mean i th i think that's pretty 
apparent, isn't it? Would Elliot Kipchoge have gone? And listen, I cried when he went sub two. I was I was running Fulham Palace Park Run with my five year old then daughter, and we were watching it on the phone. And no one was running Park Run. We were all just just staring at my phone over my shoulder. And when it you know when he ticked over and when it did that, he ran a marathon in under two hours. I was moved to tears. Having said that. I think we can all agree he wouldn't have done it without the shoes. Yes, I know Roger Bannister wouldn't have done the sub four minute mile without paces. And some people found paces at the time to be, you know, but I just think that's, you know, that's a sort of slightly facile argument. Whereas I think we can we can all agree we have reached a tipping point with these shoes. And I suppose my fear is shoes today, you know, what next is just is running just descending into I love cycling, but I don't love, you know, nobody would love cycling for the purity of the sport and is, is running just becoming another cycling. Let, let me make a, a, a sort of um, another case for the shoes. And I think there's some evidence to suggest that they, um, they allow you to run a bit more and they might allow you to run a bit more without being injured. So do these shoes actually allow people to, to run more, which is obviously great for performance, but also great for things like mental health. It can keep people from being injured. Those things... We're talking not necessarily about the elites, although obviously that has an advantage there. But if, if shoes are getting people out, getting people running, keeping them happy, that's got to be a good thing, hasn't it? Yeah, I mean, listen, and, Andrew Cotter's a friend of mine. You know Andrew Cotter, BBC commentator, a big runner, and also the, the dog guy now, the guy that commentated on his dogs during <laughs> yeah. lockdown. And I think he's on tour with them at the moment. Um, he is, I mean, he'll never run long distances. He'll, he'll never run the Danube, but he's a, he's a you know, he's a, he's a pretty fast 5 and 10K runner. And ever since i've known him and ever since he's been you know running he's always been injured yeah i can't really run i can manage a park run mm. but not much more but these shoes he just runs them for his everyday you know uses them for his everyday runs and they have definitely meant he can run every day or as as, as often as he wants without getting injured which yeah. is a great thing yeah but it's a great thing but you know <laughs> What happened to the whole barefoot running argument? I mean, those have got those have got more heel than you know than some of my wife's stilettos. Yeah. It's, it's interesting because I use the shoes, but I also feel like you know, as as a tester, we get a lot of comments on on our channels coming back. I think there's kind of potentially a sort of over obsession with them that they are the golden ticket to everything, and I. I set PBs. I've run two sub threes. Both of those, one of those was in super shoes. One wasn't. One was in a you know a pair of old EVA foam firm shoes, and I ran them equally as well. And I I think this idea that you have to wear a pair of carbon plated super foam super shoes to run well to run fast, I think I have a bit of a problem with that. And I I often don't run in those those kind of shoes. And I think we've sort of seen them a little bit encroach into not just being for racing, but for, for training. And with that, the price starting to rocket for the average pair of shoes. And I guess that's one of the big things about, you know, it goes back to the elite argument is sort of how democratic is it? You know, how affordable is it? Are we putting extra pressure on ourselves? There, there is also, I think, another angle to this, which is some of those shoes don't last very long. I mean, I'm now I'm countering my own argument, but you know, so there's there's also kind of a carbon footprint situation here. With some of them have, in the past have only lasted a couple hundred miles, you know. So there's there's something about kind of having to replace those shoes and the cost to the individual and to and to the environment that I think kind of sets them. And then and my my other thing is, you know, whether I put this into two brackets. There's some people who, if you're a competitor or a completer, so if you're going out to run a marathon and you just want to get round and smile and be happy and enjoy it. 
you know, do you need to spend £250 on a pair of shoes that shave 4% off? Or can you be happy in a load of other shoes? And I think there's a there's a, even a split within sort of regular runners between people who feel like they really need to try and go and get that edge and people getting sucked into that and probably don't need to. They can just go and enjoy it. I think, you know, we can all run a reasonable marathon probably in, in quite a lot of sort of broad range of shoes. You should celebrate yourself every day. But some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Yeah, but the thing is, the thing is, people, you know, you run a marathon, you run a, um, you don't run the Danube and people ask you, what's your time? But anything sort of south of that, um, people ask you, what's your time? What's your park run time? What's your marathon time? Oh, you're doing that London Landmarks half. What time are you hoping for? And so, you know, times are a thing. And if you've got something on your feet that takes 4% off your time, then maybe that time just needs an asterisk. I'm I'm a, I'm a big supporter of the the shoe in terms of the technological revolution and and getting things that can age your running. I I side with Kieran on that, but on the flip of that, I would say that um I think that there's some there's been some research into sort of like injury rate within lower shorter distances, but with these shoes as in, you know, over 5k if you're using these higher stack heights, much more unstable shoes without any of the conditioning, you are actually opening yourself up to a few more potential injury issues so do you mean do you mean it's 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 a it's sort of a new set of injuries it might be more to, towards like achilles and calf and stuff yeah yeah so and yeah so you sort of you know i think that we're three years in now and perhaps usage of them and studies that are probably in the in the mix now about sort of the use of these shoes in terms of the impact that they have on biomechanics is 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 probably going to come through and i think that this is Similarly, when, when support shoes or stability shoes were such a big thing and people were putting large bits of plastic in the medial post of a shoe and saying, like, don't pronate, wear these shoes. And people were just like, wait a sec, this isn't great. Is this going to be another thing? You know, I mean, obviously, like further down the line, we'll see, like, yeah. further down the line, you know, like winning times obviously are going to be a huge driver in how successful these shoes are. But is it going to be a thing that actually they're not great for everyone from a biomechanical point mm. of view? And on that, 
the advantages that you know the four percent two percent increase they are all based around elite running times so you can be putting these shoes on and not be as biomechanically efficient as Eli Kipchoge or weigh 59 kilos when in my case neither <laughs> of those things are true so I put on these for these shoes and I'm not sure if those advantages are I'm gaining anything from it so there, there was a brilliant study done recently by someone at Austin State University and he put the shoes on they weren't elite level runners they were kind of just really sort of top end amateur so fast kind of 10k runners and he put a range of the so-called super shoes on to test efficiency on a treadmill test and actually the really interesting thing is that not only you know did you need to sort of have fairly good form to to get the most out of them but also the variety of performance over those shoes was hugely different and two or three of them actually gave the benefits the rest of them that had a super foam and a carbon plate actually did very little at all had no impact less than kind of one and a half percent so you're paying a lot of money for something that's not really going to do much over a sort of standard eva foam shoe the other interesting thing i think is that if you go to the start line of many big races even right now you look around and there are lots of um of vapor flies on people's feet the alpha fly actually is kind of according to all the studies offers more benefits but people don't enjoy running in them as much but they don't quite feel the same as the vapor fly so the vapor fly still seems to me to be one of the most popular shoes so there's even still that though even though we know we might get a little bit more but sometimes we're not willing to go just as far but that the, the study that um that, that dustin did at the university is brilliant you should follow it on instagram he's lab, lab rat rundown and he's been doing some brilliant other kind of n equals one test on himself comparing some super shoes to some silly one things like how he performs in crocs but he's now he's, he's now working on a study where he takes that down the next level to you know people who are a little bit kind of more regular paced runners to see what efficiency impact it actually has when it gets down into the kind of into the, the masses so it's, it's very interesting i just i know from just anecdotal experience that there have been an awful lot of pbs at an age when when us lot us lot my pals from running club have no right to be thinking about pbs and they've all come since 2019 and the advent of these shoes and the other thing is you know talking about the elite level I don't know if this is kind of generally known. You might have to edit this out. But is it is it is the sort of the story of Chris Thompson and how he qualified for the Olympics with that wonderful run round Kew Gardens? Yeah, oh, yeah. That's, that's widely known. Yeah, is yeah, it? Yeah. The, the fact that he's yeah, yeah. I mean, he's sponsored. He's sponsored by On, and On came out afterwards and said, "We don't make a shoe yeah. that suits this." And he so he ran in some spray painted yeah. vapor flies or whatever it was <laughs> with, with an On yeah. sticker on them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. And you know, and you see. I mean, I think it was. Um, it was either the Dubai Marathon a year ago or two years ago. Similarly, like the podium places were were, were filled with guys. Um, one had a completely spray painted pair of shoes, you know. And these are these are elites who are having to sort of buy and spray paint their own shoes because they need to if they want to finish on a podium. That's kind of the place they need to be. But um, the, the discussion is is after the ho- horse has bolted, isn't it? Because you know Seb and the IAAF have just decided that they're fine. Um, they could they had a moment. There was a moment when they could have said actually no. And, you know, in my view, they bottled it. Kieran might say the brave decision was made. I don't know. But they but they said, no, all fine. So we just got to sort of find a way to live with this now. Um, and it's not. I mean, you know, we all know there are worse things going on in the world than people <laughs> using vapor flies. But I just I do feel a little bit like it's a bit of a shame if running is going this way. But maybe it's inevitable. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I agree. With you. I think that it's slightly complicated what is 
should be a very simple sport and it yeah what what is you know one of the nice things about running or has been is that it's so so democratic really and the idea that you put you get out what you put in it's the ultimate example of that and actually as you say with this you know if you're running in a non-super shoe and, and the guy next to you is running a super shoe you're not really on a level playing field anymore and the price adds to that as well because it, we're actually pricing a lot of people out i mean we're probably you know some, some of us on this call maybe all of us are lucky enough to you know be able to test shoes without having to to pay the full amount for them but yeah it's 99% of people <laughs> listen to this won't won't be like that right so like 230 quid for a shoe that maybe is going to run out after you know 200 miles it's, it's, it's huge it might not even suit you might not yeah, even suit it's a you huge thing might not even be for the it's you know we have the luxury of as you say like we've what we you go through all these different types of super shoe and you take a uh hoka you know uh carbon x right far more stable far more everyday shoe carbon plated much more usable from sort of slower steady stuff through to your tempo things like that you put on a pair of next percents and I, honestly I, within if you're not running full tilt in them i actually think that they're awful like it's just <laughs> it's just one of those things like they're just it's just that they're, they're you know that's they're designed to go fast yeah. and that's it and i kind of just like you know there's there's there's, there's you've got to find that right shoe for, that suits you I can vouch for that. I ended up, I blew, I injured myself 5k into the Paris Marathon a few years back and ended up, I decided that it was a beautiful day out and I'd walk the rest of it. I'd kind of marched it in the vapor flies. And uh, by the end of it, by the end of it, I didn't have much of a heel left. <laughs> They're not good marching shoes, I can tell you that. <laughs> oh man, that sounds awful. <laughs> well, the Amsterdam Marathon, when I, I'd really trained hard, you know, I'd done six months worth of training for this blimmin' thing. And I thought I really want to, I just wanted to get a PB. So, and I'm preferably sort of 255 around there. And I knew 10K into a 42 and a bit K race that it wasn't going to be my day. Suddenly I looked at the watch and, oh no, that mile was, and then for 32 kilometers, I was basically going backwards. And, and this like, it was like a contagion of vapor flies just in one week nike must have made their money back from you know from that whole thing and it was just these green and pink shoes just flying past me and it was yeah it was it was an awful awful going backwards in a pair of fast shoes <laughs> well, final question then because I, I guess the ultimate way to to sort of make your stance on this is is to vote with your feet you know it will you continue do you think you will always continue to run in super shoes or do you see yourself going back and and to you know just going back to shoes that you ran before all this stuff came out because i guess that's the ultimate um way of showing how you feel about it oh, well i can answer that question very very easily i wore those 200 and i paid for them as well 250 pound shoes once for the amsterdam <laughs> marathon i put them on on the start line in that in that athletic stadium where you start, I took them off and I walked back to our little breakout room in bare feet. So they have literally run twenty six point <laughs> two miles, and my son's feet are now my size, and he quite, he quite likes the idea of them. He's fifteen, <laughs> yeah. so I've given them to him. But they've Fair literally, I've, I've never worn them again, never want to. But then again, I'm getting a bit more woo woo with my running. I've also stopped running with a watch. I just I quite like just running for the you know for the sake of running. So maybe yeah. I'm not the right person to ask. <laughs> Kieran, then you're the right person to ask. God. So, so for me, I mean, it's part of my job, so I have to. But there's something very special. I think the other thing we need to talk about is I, I think they make you feel like you're race ready on the race day. There's something about going from a training to lacing those up, and in the morning as you're walking down there, you're like, I'm now I'm ready to go, and it's like a mentality kind of switch as well as, as what they're going to give you. And I, I really quite 
like that. Having said that, I, I, I take a bit of a mixed approach, actually. I probably use them for racing. I'm not really too interested when I'm just training. And like that's you know, I, I love kind of also doing a bit of the sort of minimal stuff where you're just going out to enjoy it. And I think it's horses for courses. If it's all of this is you versus you, you know, for me anyway, at this level, at my level, it's me versus what I was yesterday. And, and so if that means, you know, if you're comparing yourself in super shoes, I think that's kind of fine. And, and that's kind of how I see it. So I will race in them. I have to test them. But when it comes to just going out and enjoying running with a smile on my face, I'll reach for anything. And I quite like going back to something that's a kind of a more firm shoe that puts me in contact with the ground. So I think that that thing about the feel and the, the joy that you can get from it, I've put them on before and gone for a run and it felt ultimately joyous because it feels like you're you're flying you like they literally do give you that sensation of propulsion that you can't really kind of and that manifests itself in this sort of like lovely feeling of you know running excellence but the other day I went in for a trail run and put on a pair of 80 quid decathlon trail shoes and they're minimal they're, they're, there's not much to them and the feel on the trails and how it felt to sort of have that sensation of being grounded and the grip was good and uh, it, same feeling same feeling so it's kind of a, i mean that the shoe comes in to play i think with how it makes you perform and that performance then gives you a sensation of joy with the running and perhaps the reliance on the shoe for the performance rather than you running to gain that feeling is the kind of where the the, the, the sort of slippery slope that sort of these shoes have brought in and plus what you say about how the shoe makes you feel you know I'm very particular about the colours of my shoes, to be honest. You <laughs> yeah, know, yeah. sometimes I, don't, I would never buy, for instance, I'd never buy just a plain grey or black no. running shoe because I like that, you know, I like the excitement. You know, they're on my feet. I'm going running. This is kind of, this is my feet's party time. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I'm sort of, again, I'm going against my own arguments. So, yes, maybe the soul's coming out of running, but if it makes people happy, then go for it. Guys, thanks so much for coming on the Runners World podcast talking about super shoes. It's obviously a, a much debated subject, but um, it was great to get your opinions on it. And thanks for coming on. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.